up? Moon City Horror. Rated PG. Not alone this time. Got a special guest. Mr. Bucky himself from Midnight Terrors Podcast. <laughs> How you doing, man? How's it going, buddy? Oh, you know, slashing here, killing there, some murderous yeah. horror stuff. Chilling, chilling, killing. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm nice. good. It's uh, it's good to be here with you. Yeah, this man. Is, uh, this is coming off the heels of, of you guesting on Midnight Terrors with Jason and I, uh, where we talked about some some Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Which was so fun. I mean, that I love that fun. movie by itself, and then like being able to like hang out with you guys and talk about it was even better. So it's like I a cherry it. on top for that movie. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Um, we met on Instagram. Um, yes, we did. I don't remember like in what capacity, but somehow we just started like talking with each other, and I started following the show, listening to your guys' stuff. Um, oh, what was the first episode I ever listened to you guys? It was not the Brotherhood of the Wolf. It was before that. Oh, I think it was your House of a Thousand Corpses episode. Okay. I think that was the first one. Gotcha, gotcha. Then, yeah, then... I I don't remember how communication started. Um, you know, typically it was probably me. Like when I meet new friends that I get excited about, I just I'm not shy yeah. about like hitting people up like, hey, <laughs> let's be friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's typically how it goes through the Instagram when we meet people on there. Uh, I'm very active on the on the Midnight Terrors page, and um, I think we just sort of followed each other. And then you probably sent uh, a message, and you know we just got to talking. And uh, one of us threw out the idea of like, yeah, we should do a crossover because we we love doing crossovers with other shows uh, at Midnight Terrors. So as soon as that opportunity came, I was like, man, these guys have a really great show going on. I think the first episode that I <clears throat> that I got to hear uh, was probably uh, probably the one where you actually shouted us out, which was the Boar episode. Oh, that was yeah. Like yeah. That came out at, the, yeah, at that time. Yeah. Speaking of Bill Mosley, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a, what a concept for a movie. I love it. Uh, you know what's funny is when uh, I'm, uh, I'm, we were just talking off uh, mic, but I was telling you that I met him. When I met him, um, I told him, like, we just shot an episode of – the the show about boar we we did a, a house of a thousand corpses kind of wrap up um but we were talking about boar and he was like yeah he's like that one was so much fun he was like i really lost my head in that one which i don't know if you've <laughs> seen the movie but like <laughs> he loses his head in the movie so i was like ah, i see what you did there i love it funny guy <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no you guys have a you guys have a fantastic show going on and i'm, I'm honored to be here dude you guys have so much fun on your show. Not to say that I don't <laughs> enjoy doing our show. We have a blast doing it. But like I, every every episode I listen to you guys, it's just chuckle fast and good times. And uh, somehow you manage I, to fit all the horror in there. Yeah, somehow we uh, I, I don't know what people would think of our show if the first episode they heard was the Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, episode. my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're because we're talking about, you know, werewolf porn and right. and mispronouncing French names uh, like fun sack, fun sack, fun sack. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, Brotherhood of the Wolf is a French werewolf movie. Um, and we all because it was us and then our boys from Reviewed to Death. And we all suck at French accents, except for Marcus from Review to Death. He was probably the one that was like semi decent. I was gonna say there was one person in there, but yeah, you got it. 
But yeah, man, I'm 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 stoked to be here. I love you know meeting uh, new friends and you know working with other shows, and I think you guys have a fantastic show going on. So I'm I'm stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, we're trying to do more of that too. This is, um, you so, uh, you guys are the second show that we've collaborated with. We did one other one, uh, in the past, but it was only kind of one way. Like we did their show, um, mm-hmm. so being able to do a crossover, um, to use your terminology, is fucking awesome because um you know you guys do our show we did your show you do our show cross promote um you know and just have a good time meet new people you know just hang out plus you guys are in the you guys are literally on the other side of the country from (laughs) where we're at so like the idea that our show is kind of it's got some reach in that sense like now you Mm -hmm. know about it and hopefully you know the word spreads on your side and kind of same with us you know, we're spreading it on this side. Um, it's just awesome. The idea of it is awesome. Yeah, I love it. I, uh, you never really stop to think how far a podcast can go. And then you start looking at like where people are listening to you and, you know, how many people are listening to you. And you're like, oh, there's actually something of a spotlight on us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try not to look at the analytics because I can get lost in that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and ob- obsessed with it. But in the beginning, I was noticing that people were downloading our show in, like, Europe. Yeah. And I was like, really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> or, how, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't think we had that kind of reach. But yeah. um, apparently, you know, people are looking for this type of content. That's what I think it is. Is people yeah. are out there looking for specific content. Horror is such a huge kind of community. I still feel like – I still feel for as large as it is – um, here in the states it's still somewhat of like a subculture which is weird to me because like anything horror sells yeah absolutely but i don't yeah, feel but- like people take advantage of that as much or eh, it's probably not the right term to use but it's just not as common um as you would think it would be for how mm-hmm. big the subculture is yeah it's always this little this little cult underground like you know we talk about cult following movies uh in the horror genre you know especially but like i feel like the whole subculture and the whole genre in itself is something of a cult um cult following and like the people that we were talking about this off the air just you know the the beauty of the community and how welcoming everybody is all the time you know like the people that really care about this stuff like really rally around it right and, you know, case in point, like two guys like myself and, and you can start a podcast, put it out into the world. And there's someone somewhere out there that like really gravitates towards it. It's insane. Yeah. 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 And like, I don't know, I've, I've never really had the confidence or the hubris to believe that anything I put out is like worth watching <clears throat> or being tethered to. So the idea that yeah. we have like uh, – super fans and just regular fans it's like i get word back that like people miss the show if we skip a week i'm like really people (laughs) listen to our show like enough to notice that we skip the week like (laughs) okay cool yeah but you know uh it's all in it's all in good fun absolutely well i gotta say first and foremost that uh 
for your show specifically, I love it because I love the concept of tackling low budget horror Ugh. because it's a because it's a little subgenre in its own that doesn't get enough love. Yeah. And I'm so stoked that there's a podcast that is str- like really dedicated to bringing some spotlight to these movies. Yeah, yeah, we we are striving to do our best to find we want to showcase the stuff that like you either don't know about or you do know about and you're like I don't want to watch that. Yeah. You know, or like the stuff that you you should be watching because I attribute it to well the whole okay. The whole way that we kind of got started with this thing was uh, me and Matt just kind of always growing up watching horror movies and yes. just like talking shit. So, but it would be a result of us like walking through the video stores, picking up something based on a cover, and then like, you know, it's a gamble. Is it going to be good, bad, cheesy, <laughs> trash, whatever? So, we've gone through so many videos, and then like, Coming into our, our like late teens, early twenties, you know, when we started like you know, driving places, we'd go to um, Chinatown here in uh, L.A. and mm-hmm. we'd buy so many foreign films there. You know, all the <laughs> Korean, Japanese horror movies are like we have no idea what we're looking at, right? We're strictly going off of covers because we we can't interpret the the language on the movie. We're like, this one looks good, so let's just buy this one. Um, and now with streaming, it's like, it's like just overload, man. I don't know oh, yeah. where to look because, you know, when Shutter first came around, I was like, Shutter's great. Like, I can find a lot of this like low budget, you know, B rated stuff. But then, um, you know, there's, um, there's, um, there's Shutter. There is, um, da- I don't know why I'm blanking on all these fucking um, streaming I mean- apps. Even uh, even Amazon Prime has opened oh, the door man, for, they have for such a good collection in there for some low budget horror movies to to make it out there. Like, you know, when whenever people release movies now, when they do it on their own, they go to Prime a lot of the yeah. times. Yeah, um, Prime is a great place. Tubi is another one. Um, yes, there's a Screenbox. There's um, there's another one that's on my TV. It's uh, I forget what it's called, but like. Uh, oh, Pulp. I think it's just called Pulp or something. There are so many streaming apps now that just <laughs> specifically deliver like um, low budget, B rated, unheard of horror. It's like I don't even know where to start anymore. Most times, <laughs> I think what I think the way I tackle it is like I'll watch something and then like when I'm doing some research on it, it's like oh, related or people also like this, and then I just kind of yeah. go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, but actually. Um, I'm actually getting kind of – I'm finding that I'm getting tethered to directors. Yes, So, absolutely. like, I'll watch something and I'll be like, oh, this was great. Let me see what else this director has done. And then I kind of go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those directors is a guy named Joe Bagos. He did a movie called um, – oh, shit. Man, I'm telling you, I'm 42. My <laughs> old man brain is so fucking horrible. Well, it's also super early there, too. So. Uh, yeah, that it is, yes. <laughs> that probably doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, I just pour more caffeine on the brain. Um, no, the movie's called... Don't, Bl- don't drink the caffeine. Just pour it on yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. That'll help. <laughs> uh, the movie's called Bliss, and we did an episode on it. Okay. And it, I don't know. This movie, for me, just was like... It was different 
it's the same, but it's different. It's a Matt and I had a discussion on whether or not it's an actual vampire movie, um, but the music in it is fucking fantastic. You as a metal fan, you would love this movie. I'm Hell telling yeah. you, yeah, I love it. You I'll should, have to check that out. I know we talked last, uh, you know, yesterday on your podcast about um, what you should see, and I think I'd recommended a movie, but Bliss is one you should put on the top of your list. Awesome. I'll yeah. have to check that out. He also did this yeah. other movie called VFW, which Matt is like all about. I haven't seen it yet, but um, okay. yeah. So, yeah. So <clears throat> anyways, uh, B-Horror, you know, yeah. we, we, we pride ourselves on the fact that like we, we watch the shit that you either don't want to watch or have <laughs> not watched yet. And so like what we do is we kind of deliver that to you and we walk through the movie and we kind of I, I like to think that we describe like we walk through the movies well enough to where like if you're listening to the show, you are either intrigued enough to go and watch it or you got your fill and like y- you got it. Because I know for me, a lot of yeah. times like I'll want to watch something and I just have zero time. So like if I yeah. am driving, I'll put something on and like I'll just listen <laughs> to it, which sucks because then I have to figure out like what's happening in the scene because I can't <clears> see it. But we have i've had people tell me like i don't have to worry about that because you guys are kind of walking through it and mm-hmm. with the audio in there like i just i get the whole picture i get the experience it's like an audio book for movies if you will yeah and i'm yeah, like that's no, great fantastic yeah that's awesome and can i just say uh for your show again thank you for tackling and bringing to light the masterpiece that <laughs> is aerobicide aka killer workout yeah well, I'll, I'll tell you what I told you yesterday on your show, which is <laughs> I can't take credit for that. Uh, you know, we met um, Best of B Horror on Instagram. I don't know if you follow him, mm-hmm. but follow him. He posts. I think so. Yeah. Really cool shit. Um, and that uh, he attributes that movie to the inspiration for him starting his Instagram page. And oh, then, that's so cool. So, yeah, I, I just he's a great dude. And <clears throat> we, we talk a little bit. So. I asked, you know, I told him like, "Hey, you want to come on? You you name the movie, dude. You're the guest." And so that's <laughs> what he brought. And then we're working out some it. logistics to get him back on the show again. Um, awesome. And he wants to, yeah, he's got a whole plan. So like, I'm just like, "Hey, you just let me know when you're ready, and and we'll be here." But yeah, aerobicide, killer workout, <laughs> great. Yeah, to, every, so to everybody good. listening, if you want some amazing jazzercise uh, segments in your movie. Go check out Killer Workout. I have a Blu-ray copy of that because nice. uh, I don't know if you listen to a podcast called Horror Movie Night, but um, they were my intro to a lot of these movies because their whole shtick was kind of similar to to you guys, where they will tackle the popular ones and like the mainstream ones, but they there's their concept is like they want to talk about movies that you would find in a blockbuster that you were like. Oh, what's this cover? Let me pick this up and right. and check this out. So, you know, they're talking about like Wolf Cop and Spookies <laughs> yeah. and Videodrome and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and they got the killer workout. I'm like a killer in a gym with an oversized safety pin as the murder weapon. Yeah. I need to find this movie and I got a Blu-ray copy of it. That's so on dope. Amazon and like it's such a lost movie that they almost had to restore because towards the the later part of the movie, there's at least 10 minutes where, like, the film quality just becomes a grainy. Oh, it's like yeah. a nice, clean Blu-ray. And then there's this grainy, like, gritty VHS, staticky 
10 minute segment in there. I was like, this is amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. We are familiar. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay. So I like the idea of the compare and contrast between our show and your show. And I think I talked sure. about this um, to Matt a little bit on a previous episode <clears throat> where like we bring to light, like we, we talk about the B stuff, the, the, the unknown stuff, you know, and you guys are a little bit more current. And so I feel like we kind of do the same thing, just in different pools, if you will. Yeah, um, for sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your partner, your show. Give, give us a rundown of Midnight Terrace Podcast. Yeah, so Midnight Terrace Podcast is uh, a show between my brother-in-law, Jason, and I, or he goes by Diamond. And uh, for context to everybody, my real name is Kevin, but Jason has called yeah, me. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> but Jason and many family members of mine have called me Bucky for years since I was a kid. So um, our running gag is like, I, I'll often introduce the, sh the show and say, hey, everybody, it's Kevin and Jason. And then J uh, Jason will chime in and go, you said it wrong. It's Bucky and Diamond. <laughs> so, you know, it, that's just a running joke. But my but so it's a it's a podcast between the two of us and. Our dynamic is that we're brothers-in-law, and Jason is a little bit older than me. He's probably about eight or nine years older than me. And, you know, a large part of our relationship for the last 20 years has been bonding over horror. You know, me showing him, you know, some some stuff that I found influential in my intro to horror, and Jason showing me a lot of the classics, and, you know, it's just that really cool dynamic between family members. And we started the podcast about a year ago uh actually as this is coming out this is july 3rd this is our one year anniversary today yep. hey congratulations and thank you so much man and uh so we i started the i came up with the idea for the podcast after i went to a horror convention and really got immersed in the culture and i said i wanted to i went to jason and i said i would really love to have a podcast that emulates the feeling of the community and the the guests and the the horror conversations of a convention and that's how midnight terrors was born and i i couldn't think of anyone better to bring on as my co-host than jason because if you listen to our show jason's just a little bit insane and he brings on a lot of fun <laughs> elements um but there we have you know that bit that brotherly banter back and forth um and our our whole thing was like we just want to celebrate anything and everything horror so we'll do movie picks we'll do games we'll do uh overall like round table discussions and you know we try to be as expansive as possible but a lot of times we are covering the classics we are covering the the more modern stuff that that either we just love or that we think needs more like spotlight mm -hmm. um and so but the cool thing about our show is that we bring on guests and we bring each other on and everybody has different preferences in horror so what i love about the show is when i get exposed to stuff that i've never seen or when jason sees a movie that he's never seen um or our guests bring something that we've never seen and it literally is just this big community of of horror lovers and you know nice. mutant city horror has been brought into that uh community as well one of us one of us uh <laughs> and i love it i love that we can bond through a podcast and you can show us this, you know, the lower budget stuff. And yeah. then we can, you know, tackle something that we think is underrated, like Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Yeah, 100%. So 
But yeah, that's pretty much what we are, is a weekly horror podcast between brothers-in-law that just love horror and we want to celebrate it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's, it's a great show. Um, I highly recommend <laughs> it. Um, we're going to be posting all kinds of stuff, links to you guys, uh, advertising the show. Um, I'm encouraging everybody who's lis- listening to this to um, either stop and go find our episode from yesterday um, and kind of, you know, immerse yourself in the catalog or um, make sure to come back if you stop <laughs> <laughs> or after this, go and find the Midnight Terrors <laughs> podcast. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I, I love the idea of like making friends, you know, getting a, a longer reach and just kind of <coughs> collaborating with like-minded people and um, being able to talk about, um, you know, the, the underground stuff and the, the classics and things like that. So appreciate everything that uh, you and Diamond are doing and uh, you guys are well, doing likewise. great work. Congratulations on yeah. the one year. Thank you so much. Likewise, yeah. man. I, I love your guys' show. I love, I work, uh, you know, a desk job. So I, I love getting to uh, immerse myself in conversations that make me feel like I'm in the room <laughs> yeah, and gotcha. your show is really great at that. So awesome. thank you. So um, we usually, just like you guys, um, we usually ask uh, new friends uh, two <laughs> questions. Number one, um, what is the first horror movie you've ever seen? Okay, so this one, I remember we, di- we talked about this on our very first episode. Uh, the first horror movie that I have like a visual memory of, of seeing but it wasn't what I watched all the way because it scared me so badly. The first horror movie I can remember seeing, like, just images of was the original Scream. Nice. Uh, and I remember it was the opening, is that, you know, that infamous opening with Drew Barrymore. And you hear the voice through the phone. And I remember the, the line and the scene that made me run out of the room, which was, she says, I won't play the game anymore. I can, I won't. And Ghostface says, your call. And then the chair gets chucked through the glass. <laughs> so as soon as I see that, it won't. Your call. And that, that, I mean, I ran out of the room, like, in fear. <laughs> like, that scared me so badly. Because it was real, you know? Right. Like, when you're a little kid, someone breaking into your house, that's terrifying. That's true. So, Scream was definitely in there. The funny thing was, I feel like I probably got a later start into horror than some other people, because I was 11 when when it really clicked for me. But before that, I was all into, you know, I'm, I'm a product of the 90s, so I grew up with, like, Goosebumps and, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark and shows like that. So that that actually was, like, kind of my my intro to what horror would be, funny enough. Nice. Um, so like, I don't know if that counts, but if you count any of oh, R.L. Stein's like TV movies or whatever, that, that, that was actually kind of my intro to, to spooky stuff and horror stuff. So nice. Yeah. I think my answer to your, your same question was, uh, um, unsolved, Mis- the theme music to unsolved mysteries. So yes. I'll, I'll count goosebumps. That's totally fine. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Are you afraid of the dark was there? That wasn't, I remember me because I felt like that one was more intense. Right. And goosebumps just, just had that warm blanket but a little spooky feel to it yeah yeah i remember because that you know i was as a teenager in the 90s so like reading those books and then watching that stuff and yeah it was yeah 
special time <laughs> and place in history with the yeah yeah love it okay i was obsessed i was obsessed with the uh the haunted mass too i would just watch that thing mm. over and over and over <laughs> again and stay out of the basement and all those classics say cheese and die is like <laughs> just it's the, the 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 crown jewel for us here Amazing. in our family yeah 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 <laughs> so what's your favorite scary movie my favorite scary movie i have the same answer every time because i have a tattoo of it on my arm i don't know why i just looked down at my arm to like check if it was still there for some reason <laughs> but uh um my favorite horror movie remains the same since the first time i saw it at 11 years old um i know that it's a movie that now that we have a revamped version of this this material people tend to like throw this one out and i don't think they should because i think that this movie leaves a lot to the imagination because of its low budget feel to it like we've like we've touched on and my favorite horror movie to this day remains the movie that I saw when I was 11 in sixth grade, and it scared the shit out of me. I could not sleep by myself for three months. Oh, I was terrified shit. of shower drains <laughs> and sinks and sewers, and if that tells you where I'm going, you got it. My favorite horror movie of all time is the original 1990 version of It. Nice. Dude, such a classic. I remember Dude. watching it on TV as it was, like, put out because it was a made-for-TV yeah. movie. Dude, Tim Curry's portrayal of Pennywise remains my favorite portrayal of a horror character ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he, again, like, they don't have the budget to show you all the crazy monsters all the time or the deaths because it's a TV movie. And they leave it to your imagination, and I think that's what Pennywise is yeah. at, at the root of it all, and Tim Curry embodies that perfectly. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, that, that's my favorite. To this day, I have a tattoo of it that... Uh, let's see it. The, uh, let's see how well you can see it there. There's, like, the light of God behind me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, the Georgie the boat. paper boat. Hold, hold it right there. Let me take a... Hold, no, hold, put it back up. I want to take a screenshot. There we go. That's a little better. Hold on one second. Got it. Awesome. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah my, man. My, my youngest brother, um, who's 10 years my junior, that's his favorite movie. Hell yes. Yeah, that and Terminator. Like he's a huge Terminator <laughs> That's fan. That's awesome. But it is right up there. Um, I think it's his number one favorite movie of all time. And I love uh, it. He, he's super stoked when the remakes came out. And uh, he, he's been talking about getting an it tattoo. I think he wants to go for like the the loser lover tattoo. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, yeah. He he's gonna yeah. appreciate uh, that tattoo. I love that. that. Yeah, and I and awesome. I do and I do want to say that the remakes are fantastic. I thought that. They did such a great job, and I think Bill Skarsgård was the only one that could follow Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that on your show, about, like, actors who, you know, fit the, the, the time and the place, and, like, you can't really kind of picture anybody replicating that. Like, who would you imagine taking on that role if not him? I d if not him? See, that's such a difficult question yeah, that's because now it's so ingrained <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know who you would get for that. But that's the point. I think the fact that like you can't just immediately call out anybody who can fill that role and uh, deliver the same performance that he did mm -hmm. is a testament to how well he did in that role. Yeah. Well, he made it his own too. You know, Tim Curry did his own thing, and then Bill Skarsgård came in, and he didn't do 
my problem with a lot of remakes, and I'm sure you have it too, is that they will be just a remake and nothing else where they'll just try to replicate what's been done before. Shot for shot, line for line. Yeah, it sucks. And it didn't do that. Bill Skarsgård is not playing the Tim Curry Pennywise, and he made it his own. And I think the kids made it their own, and they made the feel of that world its own yeah. thing. And, you know, I loved it. Yeah, I I loved the first one. The second one I was so amped up for, and I feel like maybe because I was so excited for it that it didn't deliver what I was expecting. So I attribute that to, like, I don't know, it not being as good as the first one. So I don't don't give that one as much attention as I do the first one. The first one I've seen multiple times, but um, the second one I've probably only seen the one time in the theater. So maybe it's worth going back and revisiting, but – yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, a lot. Bill of Hader was in it, so I was like, "Dude, Bill yeah. Hader's gonna be in it. It's great. I love that dude." But and it just, I felt like it was too comedic. I felt like they tried too hard that's, to go on the comedy side. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I still love it. Chapter two. It's hard to say which of the remakes I I like more because they're just they're so different from each other, which is why I think they're such great companion pieces. Right. Um, and it, but it could change on it any given day. But some but something about this original, just. May, you know, maybe it's that nostalgia where it's the one that scared me first. Yeah. And it's just it. I mean, it was my gateway to horror after that. After I got past that initial scare that. I mean, the floodgates were opened. Right. You know, so nice. Well, yeah, I do know. That's awesome. That's a good one for sure. But today we're talking about something different. Um, today <laughs> um, we're talking well, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to – Matt does an intro for the show that I've been trying to duplicate. I kind of <laughs> got it right the last time, so I'm going to try it again this time. Okay. Okay, you ready? I'm going to get a face on. Hold on. <laughs> okay. The Mutant – no, sorry. See, I already fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, the monsters are running amok, and as we head towards that theater – the marquee reads Campfire Tales, 1991, because there is some other Campfire Tales where I was like, "This, I'm not looking for the love story Campfire Tales, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about Campfire Tales, 1991. Um, this is a movie that I picked specifically for our meeting today because you and Diamond are based out of South Carolina and this movie is 100% shot in South Carolina. So I was like, let's do it. And then it turns out <laughs> like you have been waiting to watch this movie in some regard. I have. Um, so I will say there are definitely shots in here where I immediately was like, yeah, that's South Carolina. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, but, but so funny story. Yes, I did have this on my watch list for a long time. But apparently I got it mixed up with maybe the other version of Campfire Tales oh. or or some other anthology horror movie because there was a short that I kept waiting for because another show was talking about this movie when they were talking about this short, which was that urban legend story people can lick to, if you're familiar with that one. No. It's the one where like there's a, a – a person scared in their house and they have a dog that licks their hand like under the bed and stuff and they're like oh the dog's there the dog's there and then there's creepy stuff happening no. 
and then all of a sudden later on their hands being licked and they just assume it's the dog and then there's blood on the mirror saying people can lick too and there's a person under the bed that's licking their hand interesting sorry i'm looking it up as we speak (laughs) yeah (laughs) but so this was and then i googled uh campfire tales earlier just to kind of look um look at some stuff about the movie and the cast said james marsden and i'm like wait what where and then that was the 97 version. Mm. And then I had to go to look at 1991. And I'm like, oh, this is the one. And so I actually wasn't as familiar with this one. Damn, uh, that's a little, that's a, that's a bummer for me. Because I know how hyped you were to like watch this movie. So I was like, great. Like I picked it specifically for them because of this reason. You're already, yeah. It's already on your radar. Oh, like, hey, what no, a great no, you know, culmination. No need to be bummed because, spoiler alert, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Campfire Tales, uh, I'll just kind of read the description here, is um, a grizzled derelict tells a quartet of horror tales to a trio of young campers. Essentially, it's an anthology movie where the premise is these kids are out camping and um, some dude out of the woods comes out to, like, get warm by the fire and then tells them like these horror stories, mm-hmm. and I don't know the the idea of like me sitting around a campfire with my homies, and then some like rando <laughs> coming out of the bushes who's like you know twenty years our senior who's yep uh, visibly like under the influence and like probably 30 40 years yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and just looking super sketch and they're like yeah come on in join us i was like "Mm." yeah no i'm leaving if that happens yeah Um, but you know what i guess i would also maybe be tempted to stay around the fire if it was leatherface himself as it is here gunner hansen dude i was like are you fucking serious mr leatherface himself (laughs) is in this movie and then like when the the movie opens the the title card is like something i made on powerpoint was like (laughs) how how do you get such a big name off the heels of that movie yeah something like this this always dumbfounds me because you'll see these high caliber actors or maybe it's just my perception of them because at the time maybe maybe uh texas chainsaw massacre isn't as regarded as it is today when this movie is shot and released right so i'm looking at it with like rose tinted glasses right right but maybe at the time it was like well we can get this guy to do it he's kind of a notable name let's get him in there but yeah it's just it's it's awesome and i and and actually what i what i really attribute it to it uh, attribute it to is like a love a love a love of the game Oh, yeah. People just love being in this type of stuff, doing this type of stuff. So, like, I don't care what, like, the quality is. Like, I just want to go and have yeah. a good time and, like, make, some, you know, some fun stuff. We all would do it. We all would do it. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think, too, it's probably, like, so we're Gunnar Hansen fans and, you know, love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But, you know, looking at this movie, if this was released in 1991, it would have been shot in, like, 89 or 90, something like that. Right. And... You know, by that point, like, we were so, uh, you know, immersed in the 80s aesthetic of slashers that I feel like at that time, Texas Chainsaw Massacre wasn't, like, the cool thing anymore. Right. Because 80s was more, like, 
let's be absurd and over the top, not grounded in, in reality and gross and disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. That so makes sense. Could, yeah. could be attributed, you know, to that. Cause I don't think a lot of people to this day, know, like horror fans know, but you know, when, when you think of like Freddy Krueger, you think of Robert England and no one else. Right. And, but like someone like Leatherface has had so many iterations that I feel like uh, Gunnar Hansen's kind of a forgotten, forgotten gem, which yeah. is which you know, which is a bummer. Yeah, I, I think you can make the same argument um, for Jason. Oh yeah, there absolutely. have been so many different people who have played Jason to the point where like one of the last conventions I was at, they had like four different Jasons there. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like, you know, it, it, it's hard because, like, I'm going to get Jason's autograph. Well, which one? Because there's, like, yeah. four of them. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, I feel the same way, right? Like, uh, yeah, you know, he's such a time and a place for that movie. Man, I remember uh, years back, there's this, three th- there's this theater over where I lived. It's, like, three bucks. And, you know, you get, like, the, all the stuff that's, like, just about to be done being in the theater. So, like, you just go mm-hmm. watch it. They, oh, yeah. They do um, – they do um, some special stuff during Halloween, <laughs> and one year they did a double feature of original Texas Chainsaw Massacre followed by original Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's so awesome. So much fun that night, dude. It was so fun. Uh, what a double feature, though. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, okay, so Campfire Tales opens up. These kids are sitting around a campfire. They're just, you know, kind of – uh, bullshitting and they're getting this fire going and this dude walks out of the bushes uh, which is Gunnar Hansen and they're like who are you and he's like oh I'm just passing by he's like uh, you guys mind if I hang out and they're like uh, no like well like no you cannot you know not no we don't yeah. and then he's like you know I just wanted to stay until I can get warm and then I'll be on my way or whatever and they're like all right all right no problem which again like really <laughs> But he sits and, you know, he starts, he pulls out his booze and he's drinking and he notices that one of the kids is watching or uh, looking at um, a magazine called Eerie, which I vaguely remember. Oh, was that a real thing? Yeah, it was a real thing. Um, Wow. I'm more used to like Fangoria. That was like the big, um, you know, uh, magazine when we were coming up. But I, I vaguely remember Eerie. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, I recognize that, but not enough to like remember what it was but i attribute it to like a fangoria type yeah and i mean right right out of the gate at the beginning a quick point to put in here gunner hansen shines like a bright spotlight acting wise compared to everyone else in this movie i'm i mean yes right i mean he's you uh, know He's been I, I think I was thing. reading a review that said though gunner hansen's presence is you know very warm and like very admirable the other stuff might be more difficult for people for horror fans to get into and but you know what i find a you know so i told you i came from from uh goosebumps right right we all know goosebumps did not have good acting in the show and watching this opening with these three kids and one of them has a really big mullet for some reason uh that was kind of strange for for like those kids, but you know, you do you. 
But at one well, point, I, I, I saw the same thing, but I was like, I don't know if that's a South Carolina 90s thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, just, definitely not. Okay, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I wasn't here in the 90s, but I know the, you know the culture fairly well at this point. I don't think there was a mullet <laughs> gotcha. here, but I could be wrong. But uh, at one point, they're trying to push their one friend to go get more firewood before Gunnar Hansen shows up. And he's like, no way, man. I'm not going out there. Who knows right. what's out there? <laughs> And one friend is trying to be nice and says, I'll go with him. The other one's like, no, he has to go by himself. This is a man's trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the one scared kid is go. he goes, this is fantastic dialogue. He goes, it could become a dead man's trip. <laughs> I was like, wow. That's great writing right there. Yeah. Top notch. Oh, yeah. So Gunnar Hansen's like, hey, if you're into scary shit, like, let me tell you this story. You know what happened, you know, kind of right down the road and we get into our first story. And I got to say, uh, just skipping ahead a little bit, um, the way so, so I'm not usually a fan of anthologies only because like I, I feel like more often than not, they don't transition well. Yeah. And there are a few that I do enjoy. This one was one of them um, because of the way that the, the stories transitions. It doesn't feel forced. I think yes. it was like a, a great setting and they use great um, foundations for like pivoting to the next story uh, mm -hmm. where it just felt natural. So, um, so yeah, that, that part of it I thought was really cool. Well, I think that, so I'm right there with you. I'm not big on anthology films, but I do think there's a few that are executed really well. And like the movies for me tend to live or die by that wraparound at the end because you know, anthologies, you know, you get a whole bunch of mini stories and then usually they all kind of like converge at some point or they have some, even if there's no big reveal, it's like an overarching theme. And two that I really actually love are Tales of Halloween, if you've ever seen that one. Not familiar. Uh, it's basically just a collection of um, stories. Like it's kind of similar to Trick or Treat, but it's okay. more just outlandish stories related to... Uh, to Halloween, so that's a fun one. Um, and the other one is a much more unknown one, I think, which is called Scare Package, hmm. which is uh, it's about people working like in a video store, you know, like a blockbuster type thing. Sure. And the stories that are being conveyed are a clerk at the video store recommending different movies to. That's to a, a that's a really good one. Right. So then there's a converging story in the video store and, you know, going back to when you were talking about, you know, going to the video store and picking up the covers. That's what you did. And I think that's a really cool concept. I'm looking at the cover art for it and it does look familiar. I haven't seen it, but yeah, it does look familiar. Yeah, I recommend that in Tales of Halloween. Tales of Halloween, always fun to just have uh, scary stories, right. you know on halloween and i guess the only other one because I, I always forget this is an anthology film because there's one character that everybody associates with it but all hallows eve which was our very first episode this season yeah 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 and you know everybody it's so synonymous with art the clown now because he you know stole the show yeah but there's a lot of good stories in there yeah um th again another one with a good wraparound and uh, and just like the violence and the gore like that's that's i don't know that's what it is for me about horror movies is like uh 
how bloody can you get? You know, that's mm-hmm. why I like the the 2013 version of uh, Evil Dead for me is just like, it's <laughs> dude, that just holds a special place in my heart because like it's so over the top violent, but like it doesn't club you over the head with it. You know, like mm-hmm. you can still sit with it, and then like just all the blood is just so good. But yeah, <laughs> kinda All Hallows Eve was kind of the same way, right? Like it doesn't hold back um, on the gore factor or like uh, you know what it's trying to do with. Um, you know, just kind of being really uh, obtuse, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, this, you know, um, I thought the stories in this one were really good. Um, shit, I lost my list of the actual names of these. Uh, I think it's uh, the hook uh, over tope. I don't know if you. I don't yep. know if that's how you say it. Word, hate to say that word. Yep. The fright before Christmas, and. What was the last one? Is the pirate one? Yeah, is that a word? By the way, over tope. You don't smoke weed? No. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Tope, All right. Well, that answers. Tope, you, uh, <laughs> you you say that you are when you when you smoke weed or you take a hit off the pipe or a hit off the um, joint or whatever you call it a tope. Okay. So, over <laughs> no. yeah, overtoke uh, is appropriate. No, I, I do not partake, <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> Neither do I. Just I, I've seen enough uh, after-school specials to know. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, sorry. Yeah, it's the hook, overtoke, the fright before Xmas, and skull and crossbones. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we start with the hook. Um, which I thought was really good. It's a story about, um, you know, this guy and this girl on the side of the road making out typical horror um, setup. And we get news on the radio that this uh, guy is, uh, known as the hook has escaped uh, like an asylum and he's out on the loose. And I think it's even like Halloween night. So, um, yep. you know, the radio is like, you know, hunker down and don't go outside. And, you know, the girl, uh, is like totally freaked out and the guy's just trying to get some in the car and like I thought it was really <laughs> funny because not being from South Carolina I could tell that this girl was from South Carolina I think like yeah. the accents there you know <laughs> like you could somebody says hey she's from South Carolina you're like yeah that makes sense but the I'm glad you I'm glad you gave some context that they were making out in the car because for for everybody listening we watched this through a YouTube link <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> a good point right so like even in the link itself, it tells you this is an out-of-print horror anthology. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, And it's such a, you know, they do their best with ripping the quality from, I'm assuming this was like a VHS tape or the DVD release or something. Th- there is, sorry, I don't mean to like distract you, but there is no, a, th- there's a thing with horror, um, a lot of movies, especially horror movies, that um, kind of have like a, not a sub-genre, if you will, but like they're referred to as a shot on video. Yes, movies? yes. Yeah, so I this is a shot on video. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, with it being transferred to a YouTube link, I'm glad you could see what was going on in the car where they were making out cuz all <laughs> I saw was shadows moving around <laughs> in the backseat. I'm like, are they are they cleaning? Are they having sex? Are they kissing? Like I have no idea what's happening. Dude just trying to get some, man. Yeah. Um, but he has Terrible a terrible boyfriend by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's that's what I was getting to. Is like he has like this strong like New York yeah. vibe to him. Uh, like not no disrespect to anybody who's from New York, but like his accent is of 
a New Yorkan, if that's mm-hmm. what you, if that's how you say it, and um, he's got this really like aggressive um, kind of attitude with the girl, and like I don't know, there's there's this thing in horror where like so many people are pissed off all the time. <laughs> it's like I understand that you're a little frustrated, you know, you're trying to get laid or whatever, but like. I don't know. There's just this thing where like everybody's always like mad and like in a rush. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. You'll be fine. <laughs> I agree. Well, she does make up when, when, uh, when they do leave to go back to her house because she's scared of, of the hook. Uh, after he like forcibly drags her into the woods to be like, look, there's nothing scary. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing scary. Although I'm, uh, forcibly dragging you into the woods yeah yeah because that's not scary within itself she's like take me home so they go home and then he's upset and she goes are you mad and he goes i don't know and she goes let me get let me get you a piece of pumpkin pie so that makes up for it (laughs) (laughs) well he didn't want to go because um her parents are there and he's like we can't Mm -hmm. do anything there last time your dad like pretty much cock blocked me so like i don't want to go there but oh he specific he specifically says you said your parents were home last time and your dad came downstairs in his boxers and told me to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, to your point, I was like, man, pumpkin pie just does the trick, huh? I'm gonna, I'm I gonna, guess so. Yeah. That's, that's funny. <laughs> but Get laid pumpkin pie. It's the same thing. Yeah. And it was, it's funny that you bring it up because the pumpkin pie plays a role in this whole story because she gets scared <laughs> in the house and she drops the pumpkin pie on the floor and then, like, there's a point where she's, like, trying to run from the hook, and yeah. he, like, slips on the pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh out loud like, just because of the way it was edited. Yeah. It's like, they show you his foot, they show you the pie, and then all of a sudden, he's on the ground. Yeah. They do a good job of, like, uh, ramping up the scare factor of, like, her they coming do. into the house and, you know, going upstairs and hearing the noises and things like that. But then in the end, when it comes to, like, you know, being confronted by the hook and some of the, you know, he ends up killing um, the boyfriend, cutting his head off. And then um, she ends up killing him um, and surviving. But, like, the special effects, the gore, the blood, the guts, I was like, this is not the level of, like, grotesque that I was expecting so it was a yeah. real treat to see it and, and just kind of, you know, be entertained by it. Yeah, all things considered, like, you know, we can we can say what we will about the acting or the, you know, the being shot on video. But the the, the best parts of the movie are like the practical effects, man. Like, oh, 100 percent. When the hook gets killed and he's like vomiting up blood and stuff like that, you're like, this is really like grotesque and actually kind of unsettling yeah with the way it's done yeah yeah it's uh it's like thick and bubbly like uh and and like the makeup on him it, it was really good i i really i it thought was. it was awesome and yeah i thought i thought this first story was was kind of fun i always love a halloween night story yeah it's a good i i thought it did a good like uh job of like laying the foundation for what's to come because we transition out of this right so we we come back to the campfire and the kids are, I wouldn't say freaked out, but they're just kind of like, you know, you know, okay, cool, I get it. And then, you know, they're roasting marshmallows or whatever. And one of the kids pulls out a joint. <laughs> and he was like, hey, you guys, you know, look what I stole from my brother. And Gunnar Hansen's like, 
hey man that stuff will fuck with you you know which i thought <laughs> was funny as he's like you know drinking his booze <laughs> <laughs> actually i saw that on a youtube comment on the video where someone was like it's so funny that he's lecturing the kids about smoking weed while drinking vodka straight out of the bottle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I always love that. I always it's love so that, funny. that trope, dude. It's so funny. But he's like, hey, you know, let me tell you this story about these weed smokers I know. And so we transition to our second story, which is Overtoke. And in Overtoke, we get a story of these two guys who are like fiending for, for weed and they go on this hunt. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a dry spell, but they run into somebody who says that they can get him some weed and um, they take him to this guy named Frank and Frank um, sells weed out of his house. And when the guys go into the house, they see, you know, some other people just there kind of chilling. Everybody's got like little stuff on their face, but mm -hmm. no one's like really kind of calling it out. They take the weed, they go back to the house, they start smoking and uh, they start to get the stuff on their face. Um, and it turns out that the weed kind of like turns you into like zombies and mm -hmm. then uh, just like deteriorates them. But it's it's awesome because, well, here's the thing. In the beginning, the dude's all mad because he can't fight weed. So I'm like, OK, here we go again with like more aggression. <laughs> character. And like, yeah, it's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I got to say, there is a scene that I found both creepy and funny in this beginning where they're driving because – they're driving along. They're trying to find someone to buy weed from. And the one character says, it's getting really hard to do anything illegal. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's that's a line. That's that's OK. But they pull up and they find one dude that they think they're going to get weed from. And they give him like a bunch of money. Well, he was hitchhiking. Well, before they get to that guy, there's another one that they buy what they think is weed. Oh, and that's right. It's such a quick edit, but like they pull up, we don't see anyone, and then there's this close up of a dude's face with a creepy ass smile, <laughs> and he doesn't say a word. It's a here's your money, here's your weed, and they drive away. But it's such a like such a weird <laughs> face that he makes, and then they start driving, and he goes, "Oh man, it's oregano." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why the face makes sense because he knows he got one over on the guys because yep. he sold them oregano. So he's like, "Ah, I got gotcha, suckers." <laughs> I think it was because it was so zoomed in on the face. I was like, what is that shot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. then they find the, the hitchhiker. And one of the characters does call out what's wrong with his face. Why would we go get weed from, from this guy? Oh, I don't remember that. It was It's a little dim lit on there. But the one guy, the hitchhiker that they pick up has some weird stuff on his face, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He does. Um, and then so they get to the house and then like there's, you know, the guys chilling in there and they're all smoking weed. And then, um, you know, they've all got shit on their face, too. And so they buy this big ass bag of weed and the the Frank, the dealer is like, all right, here you go. I'll see you tomorrow. And they're like, dude, this is <laughs> way more than enough. Like, we're not going to see you tomorrow. And Frank's like, OK, sure. You know, <laughs> and they take it back to their house, which like is more of like somebody's basement. I think it's like one like maybe like somebody's mom's basement. It's littered with like torn out pages from magazines of like naked chicks and like mm -hmm. just like stolen street signs and like beer bottles and pizza boxes all over the place. And it's like, oh, dude, when they even more gross than the final practical effect, when they just grab a, a slice of pizza from. <laughs> 
from the box that's clearly been sitting open for like two days. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Really? I was more like, ah, I can relate. <laughs> I mean, we've all done it, but uh, the place that they're staying in just yeah, looks so totally, run down. Yeah, gross. And like and probably has asbestos somewhere. Like, oh, oh yeah, God, dude. That pizza. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things, too, is like when they were leaving Frank's house, um, they were amazed at how much weed that he had, and he was like, "Oh, I got an unlimited supply." And he, you know, pointing <laughs> to a, a weed plant that he had there in the living room. Um, but yeah, that just it just it it, it was like more like um, a college fraternity dungeon than like anything yeah. else. It was just it was gross. Yeah, it was gross. Which I did I did laugh at the one character that's like really pushing the two guys to to smoke. Uh there's the two friends that we're following and the angry one is always like just shut up and smoke. Yeah. 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 And when Frank shows them the tree, the weed plant, uh he's like, "Where'd you get that?" And Frank goes, "I I found it growing in my backyard." And the kid says, "Oh man, if I had that in my backyard, I'd never leave home." <laughs> Unlimited supply, man. I guess. I love over time in this episode or this story that they become so they do go back to Frank's and they become so addicted to it. They get, again, ginormous bags of this stuff and they get to a point where they're not even smoking it anymore. They're just straight eating it and putting it in their food. And it's just like, man, this is like disturbing. Well, as they're intaking it, they're starting to develop the same kind of facial marks um themselves and but like they're addicted to it right and the, they're yeah. just they can't stop consuming it that's the whole thing they start smoking and then they just keep <clears throat> smoking and then they pass out and when they wake up the next morning the whole bag is gone mm-hmm. and so they're trying to figure out you know like damn did we really like go through the whole thing and then like the angry dude's brother shows up in like a suit and tie yeah. and he's like, where you been, man? Like, how come you haven't come to work? And he's like, oh, I'm sick. And like, I, you know, I got to go get my prescription and Hey, you got any <laughs> money? Cause like they're broke. And he's like, I'll give yeah. you some money for your medicine, but like get your shit together. Oh, it was funny. Uh, he was talking to his, so he's talking to the dude about like being responsible and like being an adult. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, I can't, we can't all, you know, I smoke weed cause we can't all do, you know, those classy drugs like cocaine. I was like, really? Yeah. Like that's that's the top yeah. shelf of drugs is the cocaine? Yeah. Okay, cool. So they go back to Frank's, like you said, get more, um, get more weed. They're starting to eat it at this point. But, like, we're watching over time how they're deteriorating, right? Just becoming, like, grotesque monsters, um, kind of falling apart, if you will. It doesn't really involve them killing anybody. At least I don't remember. But they keep going back to Frank's house. And, like, when they went back the first time, Frank's face was all, like, just becoming destroyed. And then they come back a, a third time and everyone's dead. So they just kind of ransack the house. Um, they come back and they're just, like, you know, massively consuming this stuff. And, like, they're, like, picking flesh off their face. They're... You know, like he, one dude's uh, eating it and then like his fingers start to fall apart a little bit. Um, and then like pieces just start falling off. And, yeah. you know, like you were saying, the practicals um, and the effects just awesome. And then you combine it with like the dingy lit room and the music and like it's just 
it's just this cool visual of like the deterioration of these guys going from like human to zombie to like just slimy skulls and skeletons and just uh, it was just an opportunity to do some like really gross stuff yeah it's a gross um effect too uh especially when the one kid's trying to like eat the weed and you hear this like really over the top sound effect where it's like and he like bites his finger off yeah yeah he was like putting it in his mouth and he's like (laughs) yeah yeah, and, so, I, and it was I, it was probably the the most disturbing effect in the movie is just watching them like decay and wither away to nothing and become yeah. a skeleton. And it was actually kind of a smooth transition too. Yeah, um, I thought what was cool about the whole like what <clears throat> kind of helps with because there's not a lot of things happening here other than us just watching these guys deteriorate. There's no yeah. running. There's no action. There's no like murder. It's just these two guys, you know, falling apart. But mm-hmm. when you combine it with like the special effects and the makeup, um, the music, the, you know, the score, and then um, the movies that they're watching in the background get progressively like more horror ish. So, like, yes. you have these cutaway scenes to like what they're watching, and it just, <clears throat> it all kind of culminates, uh, comes together in the end to, to be really creepy. And then, the end of that story is the brother coming back to check on them doesn't find anybody he leaves and then this fucking cat is just there licking up all like the green ooze which is what's left over of these guys and it's just like ah so gross (laughs) even better the brother before he leaves still finds a bag of some of their leftover weed and like some of the substance and I mean, if you went to where your brother and his friends should be and you don't find them and there's all this goo everywhere, are you going to pick something up off the floor and eat it? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That was the most head-scratching ending I think I've ever seen. Yeah, you got to love the, you know, let's leave it open for a sequel or, like, for more to come, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. But that, that, I enjoyed that one. That was probably uh, – one of the that was probably if i had to pick probably my favorite of the segments same and i think it's just because of all the things we talked about with like the the practicals and you know like the gore factor to it i thought was really cool absolutely but so you know we see the cat licking up the ooze and then that's like our transition where one of the kids is like oh that's gross and um you know we're back at the campfire and um one of the kids is like trying to like um I think he's like whittling or something. And one of the other kids is like, hey, that's a cool knife. Where'd you get that? And he's like, oh, I got it for Christmas. And Gunnar Hansen is like, oh, yeah, well, I got a story about a knife. It's like, dude, what do you not have stories about? (laughs) (laughs) He's like uh, talking about how it was like something happened last Christmas. Yeah, it was a Christmas story. Yeah, not specifically about a knife, but it was a Christmas story. Yeah. He's like, something happened last Christmas that wasn't quite what you'd call holy. (laughs) I was like, all right. Uh, And again, that is something I want to compliment the movie on is that, however, like it is, it might seem random with what the kids talk about. And this guy, this one guy just has a story for all of them. It is kind of, it is a very clever way to keep the story moving. Yeah. Yeah. And it provides for those, like, those smooth transitions. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the Christmas story, the Fright Before Xmas. Yep. <laughs> um, 
is I forget the the guy's name that we're following, but uh, the naughty boy we'll say. Um, has there ever been someone else on screen that like comes off more like a serial killer than this guy? So, following in line with my whole thing of like this guy's super yeah. aggressive, <laughs> super angry, for like no reason. Well, I mean he has reason, but I don't think it's logical. But yeah, dude, the way he's just like cut up, like his haircut, his suit and tie, like the suit that he's wearing, just total. I get um, uh, Patrick Bateman vibes from him. I don't know if very you, much so. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, he, needs, he, he needs to leave his mom to go return some videotapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a, it's funny too because you know she he walks in on Christmas night and it's just him and his mom and you know she's like, hey, how's the health spa? going for you which like is a very dated terminology for gym you know um but uh, you get the idea that this guy was starting he was trying to like start his own gym and he's like all upset i you know i don't have any money to get it off the ground and she's like well what about the money i give you it's like that little like change that was barely enough for me to get my business cards and my suit and a car that makes me look like i can run a business it's like there's the Jason, the Patrick Bateman, the <laughs> business cards, <laughs> obsessed with the business cards. Yep. But yeah, failed entrepreneur, right? So he's all pissed off because he doesn't have any money to open up a gym. And the money that he did have, he used to like squander on making it look like he has his own business. And yeah. so the mom's like, well, you know, you'll get some money from me when I die, you know, and you and the grandkids and your brother. And he's like, when are you going to die? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. just like, <laughs> Takes such a dark turn. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, he gets the idea. So so his brother call or his brother, his sister-in-law calls and like something happened with his brother. I think he like hurt his arm or something. So she wanted grandma to come watch decorating the, the Christmas tree. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's whole... a hilarious shot of her sitting there in front of just a down Christmas tree. And she's like, oh, boy, my husband fell and broke his arm. <laughs> I was like, I would love to know how you fell while working on a Christmas tree and managed to break your arm. <laughs> but our the 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 gym owner, our, our son here, like he was upset at the idea that like the grandkids were going to get some inheritance too. So um, he get we get the impression that he gets the idea that he's going to kill his mom for the life insurance money. So yep. he offers to come to the house to watch the kids. And the mom's like, oh, why don't you go to the basement and grab them two gifts and take it with them. That'll hold them over till Christmas. And he's like, good idea. So she, like, leads the way to the basement. He ends up, like, pushing his own mom down the stairs. Just like, oh, dude, what? I had no idea where we were going with this. But he, like, corners her for a second. And the mom says, come on, it's Christmas. And he goes, well, I'm ready for my Christmas present now. And then pushes her. And... Again, kind of a questionable transition. We see him kind of push her. Like, it's like his arms went past her. Yeah. And then we see a shot of a camera falling down the stairs yeah. in, uh, in first person. And then we cut back. He looks down. And then she's laying on the floor. Oh, good stuff. I, I love I, it. I lo yeah, I love the way they figure out how to do that stuff. It's so fun. Mm -hmm. It's more creative than I could ever come up with. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. We cut to um, him arriving at his brother's house. The kids, um, I thought it was so funny that he gets there and the kids are watching TV and he's like, uh, he shows up 
They don't acknowledge him. They're just watching TV. He's like, <coughs> hey, I brought you guys stuff. They turn around, don't say anything to him, see the gifts, run over, grab it from his hands, and then they just go and open it, and he just, like, walks away. I'm like, what a very cold interaction where, like, your niece and nephew don't even acknowledge you. But then, like, you're kind of an asshole anyways, so I don't think you care. Plus, I got the impression that he was going to murder these kids. That's what I thought, too, and we we don't go there. But this also led to an interaction in here that I... Clearly, this is an uncle you never want to be around because... The they start playing Scrabble. That's mm-hmm. one of the games. One that of the kids. One, one of the kids got. Yep. And they call their uncle in the character that we're following that killed his mom, and they're like talking about um, Santa Claus and talking about how there's a supposed, basically anti Santa Claus. And I thought for a second it was going to be a Krampus scenario, and it mm. kind of is. But yeah. The the boy the, the 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 nephew here was telling the niece that he's got a friend of his that told him there's like a, a, an opposite Santa Claus um, who delivers coal to you if you are not good. Do you remember the name? Dude, funniest like story segment and element ever in this movie is when that comes up and the little boy is like. Yeah, but my friend told me if you look at the the way Santa Claus is written, if you rearrange the letters, you get Satan Claus. Yeah. (laughs) That is the funniest thing in this entire movie is that reveal of Satan Claus with the Scrabble letters. Yeah, he he had Santa Claus written out on the Scrabble board, and then he just, like, moved it around, and it was like, Satan Claus. (laughs) I loved that so much. Yeah, it was so good. So it turns out um you know he he so um the you know that that whole thing is over he sends him to bed and like the his brother and the wife come back and so he comes back to his mom's house and then he ends up you know he checks on his dead mother um still dead a spoiler alert With uh, a rat on her face <laughs> yeah oh that's right <laughs> <laughs> so he calls his brother and he's like hey while i was at your house wink something happened to mom she fell down the stairs and she's dead so it's like, okay, he was using that as an alibi for covering up uh, the fact that he just murdered his mom. Yeah, and so not subtle with the fake crying that he's trying to do to sell that to his brother that their mom died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, well, you sound incredibly guilty. <laughs> and someone knows he's guilty because he's going to get a stocking full of uh, coal on the door. He he does, and he, you know, he hears the... Here's the out. He goes outside, doesn't see anything, gets the stocking full of coal, comes back in. There's this like little Santa Claus on a reindeer that's kind of like on the floor walking by. And then um, he sees in the shadows this figure. Um, and it turns out it's uh, it's Satan Claus. And they start <laughs> tussling in the living room. And, you know, he gives chase and he goes upstairs and. We see Satan Claus kind of coming up the stairs with his big ass axe, and I was like, yeah. "Pretty dope." It is pretty awesome. And doesn't he get a look at something of a of a sleigh? Like yeah. On the roof? So so he ran upstairs and and he kind of barricaded himself in a room, and he opens the window to try to like get out and get away. And when he does this, he he he's kind of like peering like halfway out the window, and he sees one of well, we see 
only one of the reindeer, but it's not like your typical reindeer. It's more like um, almost like a serpent type. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty cool, actually. I thought it was pretty cool, too. Yeah, I was like, it, it looked very um, scary, monsterish, without, like, being over the top. Like, you can still yeah. tell it, it's reminiscent of a reindeer, but also very, like, horror-ish at the same time, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Um, and it was animatronic as well. Or it was just very bad puppeteering. But either way, <laughs> it was it was cool. So he's like, fuck it, I'm not going that way. So he closes the window and he turns around and who's there but, you know, other than Satan Claus. And uh, this is where he gets pinned up against the, the wall and the window and Satan Claus comes up to him and he does that thing where, like, he sticks his hand, like, right in his chest, pulls out his heart. So, like, it was a very awkward, like, injection of his hand. Like, you can tell, yeah. like, <laughs> it was just like, okay, now bring it to his chest. Now stay there. Okay, now kind of, like, move it in. Um, so it was very awkward, but they pulled it off. Lots, lots of blood comes out. Um, and they pull out the heart and kind of shows it to him before he dies. Um, and then he ends up like wrapping him up, like choking him with Christmas lights and kind of like stringing him up, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but again, um, the, the, the practicals I thought were awesome. The blood that comes out of his mouth I thought was awesome. Um, and then, um the brother shows up well he's hanging there on the christmas lights and i think um there's some christmas music playing and then the yep. brother ends up coming over um because you know he just <coughs> called him and told him that his mom died um and finds him at the door kind of you know just laid up against the door wrapped up in these christmas lights and just like blood just like all over him great practical yeah. effect too yeah, i yeah. thought that was a very uh, unsettling shot. And I also, I gotta say, throughout this segment, there's really demented rock versions of Christmas songs playing throughout. I don't yeah. know if you caught that at all, yeah. but like, do the classic Christmas carols, and they're like, we, like they change some of the tuning of the notes so it sounds really like off putting. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of clever. Oh, yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying, man. Uh, the, the practicals and the music and and just like you know the makeup and everything it just it's i wasn't expecting this to be as good as it it was or is yeah same yeah yeah i, I really enjoyed it until we got to the last story okay i'm glad we're on the same page this <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so so we come out of uh the the christmas story and we're around the campfire one more time and this kid's like playing with a coin, and Gunner's like, "What you got there?" And he's like, "Got a pirate coin." And he's like, "I found it." And Gunner's <laughs> like, "He's like, let me see it, boy." And like, it's it's funny because like throughout the whole thing, he keeps calling him boy. So yeah. just the way he does it, it was just like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he's telling him, Gunner's telling him, like, "Oh, there, you know, there were um, pirates that used to come up and down here, and some shipwrecks, and like, so there's gold out there." <laughs> And then mm -hmm. he starts telling them this story, and this is our transition to the next story. And I'm just gonna surmise it real quick because I don't want to spend a ton of time on it because I think it was no. the, like it was the weakest story of all. It was slow. It was. It was uh, also the longest. Long. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it was just a filler. I feel like they just <laughs> like was just in to fill time. Um, I think they also recognized that this was probably the weakest of all the stories, which is why they put it at the end. Because if you put it anywhere else, people are going to lose interest and walk away yeah. from it. And so, like, I want 
if people are going to do that, I'd rather do that at the end, you know? Yeah. But essentially the story is this shipwrecked pirate or the shipwrecked uh, sailor um, is kind of um, trying to find his bearings. And um, I don't, and this I don't was know. The, this was the scene that made me go, yep, this is South Carolina. This is one of the beaches <laughs> in South Carolina. <laughs> um, so he shipwrecks. He's trying to find his bearings. Um, there's another like guy that's there with him that kind of comes in here and there. He walks through. Um, I, I guess it's supposed to look like an island. Um, ends up kind of passing some zombies um, through the, I won't even call it a forest, just like the trees and shit. And he comes up on this cabin where this... Um, this guy lives or is where he's just sitting there and he's telling uh, this shipwreck guy a story of like people who have come and gone kind of in the same position. They get shipwrecked and they discover here on the island that there's a treasure. And people go looking for the treasure and then they end up dead. And so <laughs> the shipwreck guy decides to kill this guy, take the map, go find the treasure and the treasure's cursed, so as soon as he tries to leave the island, uh, people start coming up out of the water. They're coming out from uh, the beach or whatever, and they're just kind of like after him. And they end up, um, he ends up dying, and and the other shipwrecked guy um, ends up finding the treasure and then trying to leave. And it's insinuated that it's going to start all over again. Yeah, but yeah, it just dragged for so long. This was yeah. This was the the part where I checked out a little bit because it's a lot of shots of this, this um this supposed captain walking around this island, yeah. which they revealed that he isn't really the captain. He staged a mutiny, right. and and took over the ship that they crashed, and then he couldn't control the ship, so he marooned. Right. And um. Yeah, I don't know this what. First of all. <laughs> This person that's playing the captain has a horrible pirate accent. <laughs> like, absolutely terrible. Yeah. And I'm saying that with love. I know it takes a lot to make a movie, but man, this guy, as soon as he opened his mouth, and it was like the real, like the most stereotypical, like, yar cabin boy. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> uh, and I'm giving more inflection than he had, but man, it was almost painful when he was, uh, when he was talking right and you know i get that they want to make him detestable but like there's so many scenes of like just this guy walking around and being an asshole and it's just like you could really condense this down and make it not this long like when i looked at the runtime for this on youtube it was probably like what do you think? Like an hour, twenty minutes, or something like that? No, I can tell. I can tell you for sure because I've got it here um, on a second screen. It's an hour twenty-six. Okay. And this story starts at the fifty-minute mark. Okay. Yeah, they probably could have shaved like ten minutes off of this thing. Oh, hundred percent. If they shortened this story, just take um, out all the scenes of him just wandering around. Yes. And then you've maybe you got a better story but uh be sure to leave some of this fantastic fight scene in here on the beach <laughs> <laughs> where it's fighting the zombies 
Yeah, that that was yeah, that was probably the best part of the whole thing. That was that was the saving grace for this segment cuz it doesn't ruin the movie. Like you can still enjoy it. There'll just be some parts where you sort of like check out, but the practical effects of the zombies coming out of the water. Yeah. is uh is actually pretty cool. But but that's what I'm saying, it takes so long to get there that like Yeah. Unless, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, I stuck with it because obviously I want to see it through to the end for mm-hmm. doing what we're doing today. But, like, I could have easily walked away from it. Oh, for sure, yeah. Which would have been a bummer. I did kind of turn away from my screen for a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been a bummer because this fight scene at the end with, with the zombies and, you know, the makeup and the, the practicals. and That's like, like you said, that's the saving grace of this whole story. Yeah. So stick it out and you'll be rewarded at the end. You'll just yeah. you just might be bored for for a few minutes, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know overall for for what they were going for, it was it was you know kind of charming. Yeah. Um. So it turns out. Um. So we to kind of transition out of that story and we're back at the campfire, and this is where we're gonna kind of um you know end it. And um you know the kids are all freaked out and they're like I'm just gonna go to sleep you know. Which is weird to me, like, you all want to go to sleep and leave this drunk stranger who's been telling you horror <coughs> stories alone to watch you sleep? Like, yeah, n- no, these kids are dumb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> these kids, like, these are the friends I don't hang out with yeah. when I'm that age, where, like, they want to do something stupid, and I'm like, yo, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, they're laying there. One of them looks over and he's looking at, he's watching Gunnar Hansen and Gunnar's just sitting there and he starts messing with his right hand and you see him start to unscrew his hand and you're like, what the fuck? And then he pulls out the same hook that was used in the story of the hook and put it on his hand and then we're led to believe that he was the hook and then they just kind of roll credits from there. Yeah, it's it's an abrupt ending. He also the one kid that looks up at him like from the ground when they're about to go to sleep, he looks up at him like kind of like worried and Gunnar Hansen gives him a wink. Like the kid knows something's up. Right. All the more reason why why are you going to sleep if you're <laughs> yeah. worried about this guy? <laughs> And then, yeah, then he puts the hook on his hand and yeah. then just kind of, like, admires it and looks at the screen, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, I guess that's probably the best callback you can do with the wraparound. But it's unfortunate that it's one of the more forgettable stories that we go back to. Yeah. You know, I don't know how you would call back to the over the Overtoke one um, or something like that, but... You know, for what it is, it's a it's a nice you know bring it on home story. I think you could have done like, I'm gonna put the hook on, and then like smoke a joint with the hook from the hook. Yeah, <laughs> but then like I don't know how you tie in the Christmas film, but yeah. I don't think you would need to. Yeah, um, but again, it is it is a creepy uh, ending, and you know, again, this 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 movie has a feel to something that I would have watched over and over and over as a kid. A hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Like late night on cable, everyone's asleep. Oh shit. Campfire tales is on. 
Yep, to or Halloween it. night. You need some Halloween specials to That's watch. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so, this was uh this was a fun pick, man. The the movie's directed by um <clears throat> William Cook. Okay. Or Coke. I don't know. It's got two O's in it, so I'll say Coke. Um <laughs> came out in ninety one. He's got another movie that came out in ninety five called Freak Show. And the premise of that is um two teenagers, uh they go to a carnival um to an exhibit to hear the stories of the freaks on display. And guess who, like, the ringmaster is or the person telling the stories? Gunnar Hansen? It's Gunnar Hansen. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So now I'm like, well, I watched this one. Now I got to watch this next one. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. But, yeah, not too bad. Um, Again, you know, not a huge fan of the anthologies, but there are some good ones. This one I think is up there despite the fact that the pirate story is kind of the lamest of all. I hate ending on a bad note, you know? Yeah, that's always a bummer with anthology because you never know where they're going to land, and the the ending might be the weakest one. Yeah. There there is one that I just watched, um, not intentionally, only in the sense that, like, um, my brother had sent me a clip from this movie of, like, this, like, giant killer sperm, like, just one sperm. And he was like, I don't know what movie this is, but I want to watch it with you and I want to podcast it with you. And I looked it up and it was like, oh, it comes from this movie called Chillerama. But I didn't like look into it. So yeah. it was at my house and we watched Chillerama and it turns out it's an anthology. And Wadzilla is the first story in that. But like, have oh you seen that? God. Are you familiar with that? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Got it. OK, so I would recommend it um okay. it's more it's a little bit more current i think it was like 2011 or 2013 so it's it's the quality is better um and the the practicals are even better and i remember the names of the stories the first one so so here's the wraparound the the concept is that um this drive-in theater is going out of business okay and so people are showing up for like the last kind of like uh hoorah and so the movies they play are wadzilla then i was a teenage werebear which is like a story of this kid turning (laughs) into a gay werewolf Um, which that one is the least of my favorite because it's a it's a musical and there's there's no horror to it it's not even scary in any sense it's just it's just a musical with some with, with some blood but the next one is great is um the Diary of Anne Frankenstein. And then um, <laughs> the last one is the wraparound and the premise is that everybody in the movie theater turns into zombies and it's like this zombie shootout at the end. It's fun. I just talked about this on the last episode we did <laughs> with Daryl. Um, so listeners are probably tired of me talking about it, <laughs> but there's an episode <laughs> to come from it. So like, I don't know. You probably already know everything about it at this point, but um, that one was good. Um, so there are some, you know hits and misses out there, but um, this yeah. one I thought was uh, like uh, like sem- I'll go like seventy five, twenty five, and I think the twenty five is just that that last pirate one. So yeah, and again, there, again, there are entertaining elements to the pirate one. Um, you know, we we touched on it. There are there yeah. are some some saving grace moments in there. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, it. I mean, it's easily the the worst of the four. But again, it doesn't ruin the movie. I think I think you can still get some enjoyment. Yeah. Out of it. Yeah. 100%. Um, and, I still recommend you know, it. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I think it's it sucks that it's so out of print because I think there is a charm to it that people should see. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is on YouTube if you wanna. And if you I, wanna watch it. I only got one stoppage for ads and it was like i don't know i got one too yeah yeah so like even if it's just one like that's not bad for a free movie on youtube you know oh yeah no you and it's a good like 45 minutes into the movie too so yeah yeah it was it was well in there so yeah well cool man um i really appreciate you taking the time to do this this was awesome of course man yeah i had a lot of blast uh, i had a lot of fun uh, doing this one the movie was a blast and uh, getting to hang out with you is always a treat so i appreciate that um what do you got coming up like i want to promote all your stuff so like tell tell all the weirdos at home what you got going on well uh as i said today that this episode is coming out is our one year anniversary of doing midnight terrors so we just put out a one year anniversary special um where we went through memory lane and you know talked like talked about our favorite um moments of the show so far some of our favorite episodes so we kind of like if you're new to the show and you are maybe looking for somewhere to start that might not actually be a bad place to go because we touch on a lot of the the moments that stick out for us and you might go oh you like because you don't have to listen to them to them in order you could probably listen to that and go oh i want to start with this one or go here go there um and that's the first half of the episode is that recap um and then the second half was we took questions from some of our listeners uh which were ranged anywhere from crazy to very in-depth and you know analytical do you address all of them because i think you said you had like 26 of them right we did we got 23 i believe and we did address every single one and we want to we want to do more of that in the future i would love to hear more from from listeners of the of the show yeah. and you know make us think uh so that just came out today so that's definitely something to check out going into july we have uh a lot of cool episodes coming up with special guests that i can't reveal just yet but i will say we've got like it's funny because rated pg knows who the guests are because i told him off air everybody else listening just has no to idea wait what you're talking about <laughs> everybody else listening just has to wait and see but we have a lot of special guests coming up in uh in july and then you know going into the fall we are doing our first con appearance at a convention called sc horror convention we're going to be vending there um and you know have merch and stuff and uh we've got you know more crossovers coming with other shows and you know we turn our episodes out you know every sunday so Always, always something new there, and you know we're always trying to expose ourselves to new stuff. So you can get in touch with us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, and send us you know movie picks or roundtable discussion topics, and you can send us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail dot com, and we'll do it all. We do a. The more I've thought about it, our show is a show run by horror fans for horror fans. You know. We want that community there, so nice. please come get involved with the show and, and come talk to us, and we'll be happy to have you. Nice. All right, man. Well, I'm going to 
put a wrap on it. Thank you so much for, for attending, for sharing. Um, you know, I've quickly become a super fan of you guys. And so um, I try to push out everything that you guys are promoting on Instagram and stuff. And so, um, you know, I'm talking about your show wherever I can and recommending it to people. So um, it's just a good time. It's, you know, it's just like I said earlier, it's, you know, um, it, it makes me feel like I'm with friends even when I'm meeting you guys for the very first time through this medium. So um, good job. Well, I you, love man. everything Appreciate you're doing, it. man. Yeah. Likewise, man. We're big fans of you. And uh, I hope that all four co-hosts can convene at the same location one day. Because I feel like it's going to be, be, awesome. be magic in the yeah. room. Yeah. I would love for the next meeting to be for, you know, all of us, even if just on, yes. um, you know, the video here. But, yeah, doing a like a live, like, collaborative thing is, like, kind of like a pipe dream of mine of like same um i i won't i won't say i won't give too many details but like i do have this vision of something that mm -hmm. involves like multiple uh shows and and hosts and things like that so yeah well i'll leave it there for the moment <laughs> absolutely i can't wait to see what it is man all right bucky appreciate you man have a great rest of your day thank you so much and uh we'll talk soon you too, brother. Thank All you so much. All right, man. Have a good one.